This is where the magic happens. Happens, 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 happens. <laughs> and uh, hi, I'm Angela. I'm a very fertile psychic. A very fertile psychic. You're like the, uh, you're like Mesopotamia. Yeah, I'm like Mesopotamia. I'm like um, a woman who will not stop dropping eggs. I'm dropping eggs like they're hot. Oh, so you're like me uh, walking from the grocery store to the car. <laughs> I mean, these are my own eggs. I made them. Not to oh, them, okay. Well, okay. I was born. I guess I didn't really do that much to get them. Just was born with them. Born with yeah. them. Hey, I, uh, what is it? It's Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. Or what is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. You got it. It's sad that everyone probably knows that. We're all hammered. I mean. Believing that beauty should look like makeup talk um, about cat. But, oh, look at that t-shirt i got sorry i have to change the lighting oh, because it's too bright i have a t-shirt on too and as a leo moon i never wear t-shirts but um my breasts are so huge right now from whatever's going on in there from egg dropping from all the immaculate conception is what it feels like oh <laughs> Quite immaculate. what if hakate immaculately concepted you <gasps> Now it'd probably be Lilith. She's the one coming around right now. Hakate had to like give me. Did I talk about this? Like the open relationship I'm basically in with Hakate. Uh huh. And how I had to devote myself to her first, and now I can work with Lilith. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because we talked about how Hakate's your, in modern uh, polyamorous terms, your primary. Yes, yes, my primary. Oh, I like that. See, I can be poly. My Venus in Scorpio. Nope, Scorpio and Venus. I'm not. Here's something. So I had a bunch of chocolate-covered almonds to get me all cracked out today. And someone, who could it be, ate them all. Can't be the cats because they would be dead. Probably is this woman who I hid them from. I get the, the box out from the hiding place and I'm like, there are three in here. I also There's a, what's the, okay, let, before we go into this, what is the hiding place? Hmm. What's the hiding spot? She doesn't like she doesn't like to squat down low. So I put them way under her pink oven. She has a very 1950s kitchen. <laughs> I put them way in the back where like things in boxes that she never accesses are like a Coca-Cola napkin holder and a weird um, um, ice bucket. There's an ice bucket behind me. I don't know why there's so many fucking ice buckets in here. It's and, Florida. And she doesn't even drink. It's all fucked up, Brian. Maybe it's but, for you. Maybe she put the ice buckets out for you. No, it's all show. She and my brother not drinkers. I, I work on him though. He's my my passion project, my drunky passion project. <laughs> um, but check this out. So I went to bed really, really late as always, like probably around 3 a.m., which for me was pretty good. Then at 6 a.m., uh, something's in bed with me. Then I'm like, you know, not a deity at all. It's under the blankets. I reach out and I kind of push on it and it goes, Rue has crawled under the sheet and the, the top blanket. She loves to be under blankets, but I don't remember her ever doing this. So she's under the blankets and I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's fine. I, I go right back to sleep. 15 minutes later, and I'm like, ah, and I start tearing back the blankets, but she has swaddled herself and I can't get the blankets off and she pukes literally in the bed, not in the bed. So I've had three hours sleep and, and then she jumps out of the bed, puke everywhere, pukes all over the floor, runs down the hall, pukes some more. What the fuck? I'm just over it. 
I'm gonna bring three, that squirrel in. I'm, I'm kicking the cats out and I'm bringing the squirrel in to the wind. She was three. It's like you know they always say you're three sheets to the wind. <laughs> yeah. So she crawls into bed with you only to get sick. Yep, basically. And she had just crawled into bed, and it was probably like mm, tum tum hurts. I'm gonna go get in bed with Ange, and then bleh, it was a fucking nightmare. Then I didn't go back to sleep for three hours because you have to clean that up. You can't just go back to sleep. So I clean and clean and clean. That's and then very I responsible of you. I'd like to say Thank that you. because, you know, there's, I'm not going to act like there wasn't a younger mm-hmm. time in my life where I would have just been like, I'll fucking deal with it when I wake up later. <laughs> if I'd been a little bit drunker and not just tipsy when I went to sleep, it, I may have been that. Well, I would have probably slept through it, which might have been great. But um, yeah, then I But then you would have just woke up no in puke, like and probably would have rolled mm-hmm. into it. And oh that's how God. you would have woke up. And at first I would have been like, I need help. And then I would have been like, wait, I didn't eat cat food. <laughs> I mean, because we've all been in a bed with throw up in it. Let's be real. Uh-huh. We've oh, all yeah. had our days. Yep. Um, You're not living if you haven't woken up. In I mean, I've woken bars. up in a bed of pee and things like yep. that. You know, like, but now that's because, you know, just <laughs> you got a little too turned up, you know. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, see, but see, every time I'm like, oh man, I wish I could, um, I wish I could have animals, right? Um, I oh, remember, yeah. I, I hear stories like you can shit and piss everywhere. Yeah, and that's like when you remember, like, oh, okay. I mean, there's, there is something nice about having total freedom from having to keep mm-hmm. another living creature alive outside oh, of myself. Because yeah, yeah. um, I do struggle to keep myself alive at times. So, aren't you know, we all right now? It's uh. It's nice to hear those stories just to remember like, okay, well, sure. I'd love to have a dog, but at least I didn't have to mm-hmm. wake up with and clean up puke at 3.45 in the morning. Who the hell let me adopt four cats? Where were you people who should have been concerned and said like someone needs to intervene? Can we be this real for a happened. second? I'm going to intervene right now because- <laughs> Then it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't. Yeah. Like in what no, world do you have. think you're living in where if someone, if, if, if everyone you <laughs> knew- stepped in and said we can't let you do this you would have adopted eight you would have just doubled down exactly you would have doubled down you're absolutely right you're totally right um also this is why you shouldn't be in a loveless sexless marriage in utah this is why (laughs) no one should do that um oh my god check this shit out right but unfortunately this podcast has been banned in the state of utah did you know that (laughs) That would be the best compliment. I would put that at the top of everything. That would be because Bustle gave us that nice review and I put that at the top of all our stuff, but I would change it to Band in Utah. You know what kind of cred that is? I mean, we can just Hell say yeah. we're Band in Utah and, mm. you know, it doesn't even need to be true. How do we I get mean, Band in, in Utah? Today's, in, today's, uh, in today's world. Um, if we serve two more than two ounces in a beverage, we could get Band in Utah, I guess. Oh, I do. Before I forget, I just want to remind... We need to talk about Lost Soul, the documentary. Did you have a chance to watch it? Oh, I did not. Oh, shoot. I did not. It's the uh, documentary about the island of Dr. Moreau and Richard Stanley. Because I've got, you know, it's not breaking news, but there is news about, uh, Mm -hmm. like, ties into this that's happening, like, currently. Um, But uh, if you remember, this is so funny. Like, the other day, uh, well, I had a young guy. Uh, one of the new roommates is a young kid. So he's like 20 or early twenties. And so uh, he'd never seen 
the island of Dr. Moreau. We were talking about this the other night. And I was like, oh my God, you've never seen the island of Dr. Moreau. He's like, no, I've heard about it. I was like, dude, it's such a shit show. You have to see this movie. <laughs> and um, so I buy the movie on like, uh, you know, buy the movie so we can watch it. Smart investment. Uh-huh. And uh, then I get a phone call I have to take like 20 minutes into the movie. So right before like the dinner scene, oh my God. Um, I have to leave and I'm on the phone for about 25 minutes. So I come back and I miss the whole like, get your feet <gasps> off the table thing. The toe picking, yeah. So I, so I missed that whole thing, right? The toe uh, But I wasn't gonna make them like go back cause you know. Uh, you own it two, now, you can watch it at your leisure. So then we finished the movie and I'm just like, holy shit, this movie was amazing. Um, I'm like, I have to, uh, amazing because how bad it is. Uh -huh. and so I'm like, I have to, uh, and then I remember that, and then my, one of my other roommates reminds me that there's a documentary about the movie called Lost Soul that came and out in 2014. New or it's about the new version with Brando, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's about like the shit show that surrounded the making of this movie and how crazy it is. That's it's so funny because Marlon Brando, there's another documentary called Heart of Darkness, which is a documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now. I've seen that, yeah. And fucking sane uh -huh. oh making my God. that movie was, right? Yes, and yes. And then there's a documentary about uh, the making of The Island of Dr. Moreau, which is insane. And there's one common factor here. And that's Marlon Brando. Brando. Nope. And, and <laughs> it's like, and everybody wanted to do the Island of uh, Dr. Moreau because Brando was attached. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like, even the guy who came in to replace Richard Stanley as director, this guy, John Frankenheimer, who was like a really old school, older guy director came in to finish it. And he's the one who directed the movie. He's like uh, one of his, like his creative partner or his AD uh, was a part of this documentary because Frankenheimer's uh, dead. And, he said, oh, yeah, he wanted to be, a, you know, everyone wanted to work with Brando, right? That's just the way it was in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, and so he goes, and he would always talk about how much of a genius Brando was. And after he worked on Moreau, he never once referred to Brando as a genius ever again. <gasps> it's like, yeah, Marlon Brando, I mean, like this guy was just, he wasn't, maybe he wasn't a genius. Maybe he was just a crazy person that people enabled. Yeah. Uh, Oh, time a and time hot, again, crazy. After he had like, you know, weirdo. like, yeah, he had some, he mm -hmm. had talent and that talent made him super famous when he was younger. And then, yep. and then he just never accessed that talent again because he just went off the fucking deep end. Cause everyone was just like, he can do whatever he wants. And it's brilliant. Exactly. It's like, that's not fucking how it works. There um, are two, oh, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, so Brando is a maniac and Brando mm -hmm. was like, never knew any of his lines and didn't even read the script for the movie uh so was had, all improv he had no like he had an earpiece oh my and his assistant God. would be reading the lines from his trailer into his no. earpiece and you know what that crazy is Ryan? Ideas. That's some, crazy ideas he's like we should that's do some, this so, so that's someone some should triple have a aries oh fin. my god it, aries moon sun mercury and a sag rising fuck him Fuck these anyway, so, fires. But, and but he's not even the brain. bad guy. But Marlon Brando's not even the bad guy. No, he's, no, he's just no. a maniac, right? Val Kilmer is the bad guy in this movie. Mm -hmm. Val and Kilmer tried life. to, he tried to <gasps> big dick everybody. I'm going right? to tell you some shit about so, him for real. Val Kilmer is, uh, take him or leave him. You know, I mean, he's been, 
I don't know. He's a piece of shit, Ryan. I'm going to tell you. There are so I many thought. movies. I know that first are hand. so great, right? You know, mm-hmm. The Saint, Top Gun, Heat. Uh, you know, Weird Science. All these movies he's that Val Kilmer was hot. in. Well, Weird Science. He's so hot and weird. But he's or like weird he's awful real in genius. the island of Doctor Moreau. He's, he's not in Real Science. He's in he's in Weird real Science genius. or no, Weird Science. He's in Real science. Genius. A re- yeah, Real Genius. That's what I mean. God, he's so hot in that too. Mm. But fucking okay Val Kilmer was doing Twain for a minute was doing a one-man Twain show and he that seems unbearable to me thank you thank you agreed and 100% of humans would agree with you and probably deceased ghost uh, ghosts of I'm gonna do Twain but like play him hot yeah oh my god can I play Twain hot like I think Twain was you know wasn't respected for how hot he was i'm pretty sure you can find it on youtube because it used to be on youtube and he's got like it looks like an snl spoof like it looks like a skit like he's got a drink twain never performed with a drink like that twain wasn't a drunk he was never publicly drunk and he's like holding a drink and he's like just one time politics were funny and it's just he doesn't even know the quotes he doesn't know any fucking twain quotes but i want to play twain but like cool and hot like and sexy and smooth You know, you know what it was. Yeah, I need a drink. When, mm-hmm, when Twain's uh, daughter was suffering from epilepsy, he dabbled in different culty things. He got a little woo, and one of those was um, Christian Science, right? That's what it's called, Christian Science. Yes. And Kilmer is a Christian Science. Is he? Person. This makes yeah. this makes yep. so much sense all yep. of a sudden. So that's why he latched onto it and was like, he's he's like me, and it's like, no, dude, he fucking dabbled. Is Kilmer you. still we a Christian do. scientist? probably he's is got that, a tracheotomy they, now did you know it's that? so fucked up what no i didn't know that Kilmer just had a tracheotomy Ooh, that's wild um but check out what that motherfucker did he booked a show in hannibal twain's boyhood home while my mother was the executive director and nobody knows about this because everybody's too classy to talk shit except for me so he all these people book tickets book hotels book flights to come see him do this. All these like Twain fans who expect it to be great because he does have a good reputation or he had a good reputation at this point years ago. He made them order him certain food. He made them supply bodyguards. He asked for all this crazy shit and this little broke town paid for it all about two hours before the show. He's not there. They get a call. He's not coming. All these people flying in. Also, Hannibal's like an hour and a half, two hours from the closest airport. It might be two hours. It's a fucking long, bleak drive. So he fucked this little town. They had to refund all the tickets. They couldn't get their money back for the food. They couldn't get their money back for security. Fucked them. And he did not care. You know why he canceled, right? Because he knew he would suck. He absolutely exactly. knew, he, he, knew mm-hmm. he would suck and he knew he would be exposed for being the superficial and, and yep. not listen. Piece of shit. It's not part of my no, soul contract to talk shit about We can talk about shit people. about Kilmer. But let me tell I'm you. I'm an 11. So All my, my karma so I talk shit like mad. I'm going to be reaping the repercussions of breaking my soul contract because of this. But for <laughs> entertainment purposes, I am getting ready to get a shit ton of karma sent my way. Now, yeah. like... He canceled because he knew he'd be exposed as a piece yep. of shit fraud. And, yes. and, and you know me, I love, you know, I do love Mark Twain because I believe he was the first, you know, road you know, comic. Road comic. Yeah. And so like there, there comes like a part of me and then just watching this doc, like whenever I watch a documentary about an actor who goes off the deep end, whether it's the documentary about uh, man on the moon, 
the Andy Kaufman story mm -hmm. regarding Jim Carrey and like what a piece of shit Jim Carrey was to everyone on set when he was uh, yeah. making that movie. Capricorn. Um, for the sake of art, it's like, go get Capricorn, fucked. Gemini, Moon. Uh -huh. and, yep. and go get fucked. I don't care who you are, Jim Carrey, or who you think you are. Now, yeah. So when it comes to Val Kilmer, like totally fucking like Richard Stanley, I mean, and then like just trying to like big dick people and like, I'm the fucking big star here. I'm the star. It's all power yep. play based from insecurity uh, yep. and fear. And people don't do that unless they're afraid. Um, yeah. And so when, when I see that happen, it just makes me so angry. And then like yeah. to know that Kilmer did this also. It just it just it's it just solidifies the fact that now listen, I don't Somebody wish tracheotomy on anybody. Yeah. And as someone who has been you know has battled nicotine addiction and has feared that that well, inevitable outcome what. of getting a tracheotomy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would not wish that on anybody. No matter yep, yep, how yep. cool Beetlejuice made it look. You know now, how you get you know how you end up with throat issues? when your throat chakra is unbalanced or blocked, when you lie, when you um, brag, when you do things that like, when you use your voice for, for the wrong when purpose. When you talk shit about people. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, you fuck your throat <laughs> chakra. Uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh. <laughs> I I'm gonna be like, in, my... in the future, this is gonna be me doing the podcast. <laughs> I shouldn't be making fun of people. I wish I could get you to talk shit. It's a treat when you talk shit. Um, uh, wait, oh, the the um the psychic development course I'm doing. I'm doing a whole section on shit on talking. Chakras. Yes. Oh, oh, I thought but, you said but chakras. Talking. Also, um, third eye is is in direct correlation with your throat chakra. It's amazing. Throat chakra and heart chakra. I think are, the are most you. Well, but you're not. You're you're definitely not going For to do me. a section on how to properly talk shit. Uh, are you? What? That's not a bad idea. That's, that's should, not a bad idea. I don't know if you want to put there's that on. There's venting, the there's venting, and there's hurting. And when you talk shit with the, the with the purpose to hurt someone, to like wreck their lives or a friendship between them and another person, then you're fucking yourself. Listen, I'd like to venting, go on. The, yeah, that's fine. I'd like to go on the record yeah. and say that I know that uh, Val Kilmer is listening, and he's. You know, he's probably we can't touch him. He's fine. He's probably just a, you know, a scared uh, boy who fears mm -hmm. that the world only thinks he's a beautiful face and yep. has been insecure about that forever and has overcompensated much in the ways we all overcompensate for things. I'm not perfect. I mean, this may come what? as a surprise to you, but I I'm am only not doing perfect. this podcast with you because um, you told me you were perfect. So, oh my God, guess so, who's a Capricorn? So, if Val Kilmer showed up right now over at this house, motherfucker, I'd probably have I'd have a drink with him, and we could talk it out. And you know, I don't, I don't know Val Kilmer. You know, there's one commonality about talking shit about people, usually, usually, and that commonality mm -hmm. is you don't know the person. Right. Oh my God. What a garbage man he is. He's who, all the worst signs, all the signs I hate men to be. Who are you talking about? Capricorn, Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer Capricorn, <laughs> Capricorn rising, Aquarius moon, and a shit ton of Sag. And you know what? I'm sorry. Cause we, there are a lot of great Capricorns, mostly women. Um, I'm, I apologize to the Capricorn and Aries community, but 
Val Kilmer is a perfect example of the worst Capricorn man. Also Joseph Smith. Oh no, sorry. He was a Sagittarius, but you know how I feel about Sagittarius. But also Brando being all that Aries. I'm baby. I'm baby, but I'm also the strongest and the greatest. Like that's Aries. Well, this, you might take some solace in this. Brando hated Val Kilmer. Oh my God. Of course they and did. And apparently they only had Fucking one conversation on set. And, uh, Brando, like Kilmer tried to start a conversation with him and Brando like didn't mock him, but gave him an answer that was basically the subtext was, I don't know why you think you should be talking to me right now. <gasps> kind of like, <laughs> That's so but in such a ridiculous Aries. way. So Mm-hmm. That's very Capricorn too. So, I mean, I, mean, no I don't know. That just doesn't sound like. Oh my god! That doesn't sound also, like the kind of life I'd like to have. Yeah, not to like keep it on astrology because there's a lot to talk about. But Joan Crawford, Betty Davis, both Aries women hated each other. Should have been allies. God hmm. damn it! That was a really anyway. random poll. Oh, but the mm-hmm. point of this whole thing <laughs> is that Richard Stanley, the original director, um, and you know, creative, beautiful, creative weirdo, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is um, to get Brando on the film of The Island of Dr. Moreau. First of all, Brando gets- Tell us this, because you texted this to me. Brando gets gets tossed around and gets uh, attached to the the project. Mm -hmm. And- there's so it's a perfect storm of all kinds of crazy shit going on with this movie, right? New Line Cinema. It's the first time they're trying to do a a bigger movie ever. You know, they would eventually go on to become New Line Cinema, right? But they were kind of like mm-hmm. an indie art house kind of place. So they think originally this is going to be like a five to eight million dollar budget movie, and then Brando gets attached, and it's like, okay, well, this is changing quickly. Brando is attached, but then has a director that he wants attached to it. Or doesn't want Richard Stanley because he doesn't know who Richard Stanley is. Because Richard Stanley is like this y- very young, at the time, director. He was doing like these really weird, like culty, but very successful in their, in their own right, movies. And so they set up a meeting. So Stanley can meet Brando. And so there's, a, uh, there's this executive uh, from New Line Cinema that goes with him. And the story's so fucking crazy. So... <laughs> They go to Brando's house, which is like gated. There's cameras everywhere. There's dogs that will attack if uh, anything that the laser pointer is on. Um, Ooh, like my Brando God. It is, has... it's, like, it's like he lives at Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes. So uh, they get into the uh, living room or whatever, Brando's. And like I, Stanley, the way Stanley tells it, I, if I can remember this correctly, like the first 45 minutes or an hour of the meeting, it's basically this woman talking, right? With Brando. And she mentioned, she's like, it's so cold in here. Like, um, if it doesn't, like, I'm going to fall asleep. Like, it's so cold, I'm going to fall asleep. Like, I'm getting, it's like making me really sleepy. Can, it, like, if it doesn't, you know, if, can we warm it up or I'm going to fall asleep? Well, Brando goes and I guess turns it down even a little more or, or doesn't warm up the room. This woman falls asleep during this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then Stanley and Brando start talking. And they hit it off apparently, right? And so then Brando's like, okay, you're the guy then. You're the director. So he changes his mind. Total reversal. Um, but leading up to this, before this meeting even happened, Richard Stanley 
knew someone who was a, I, I, I'm trying to remember the exact adjectives he used, like a Sufi voodoo witch uh, or warlock or whatever, or, you know, person. And while the meeting, at the exact same time the meeting was happening, this person he knew was performing a ritual. <gasps> they timed it up. So God, they performed a ritual uh, to make Brando sign off on Stanley. Wow. So there's a ritual happening in a different part of the country at the exact same time Stanley's having his meeting to ensure that Brando will uh, agree to Stanley being the director. So that happened. Wow. And then he's like, I don't know why, but Brando loved me all of a sudden. And uh, so Brando does this complete reversal. Now Stanley's the director. And then originally it was going to be Bruce Willis. Uh, was going to be in the movie with James Woods. They were going to be the other two main characters. But then Bruce Willis uh, and Demi Moore got a divorce and that threw the whole fucking wrench into oh that. Oh my God. And so then uh, Stanley says, then I made the mistake of talking with Val Kilmer at a restaurant in Hollywood. And we were talking and hit it off. I made and, uh Everyone should always just put their head down and not make eye contact when Val Kilmer's in the room. Next thing you know, he's like, I made the mistake of hitting it off with Val Kilmer at this restaurant in Hollywood. Next thing you know, he's interested in the project and wants to be a part of it. And then like two days before the shoot or something crazy, he has to go to like Tokyo to meet Val Kilmer. Uh, And Val Kilmer's like, I've decided this is, I don't really want to... I, I need my shooting days cut in half or whatever it is. And he's like, what? I, I, we have to figure all this out. And so Val Kilmer immediately before the, you know, almost immediately becomes a problem. But wow. later on, Shocking. the uh, more voodoo, <laughs> the voodoo uh, priest or whoever was, who did the magic mm-hmm. gets sick or something <gasps> happens and like, they get really sick and then they, they, they find they have this like degenerative bone disease and all this other kind of crazy shit. So I think they're like dying. And then all of, and the way Stanley says it, it seems like everything that this person had done previously, all the like spells and like rituals they had done. Yeah. This is why manipulative magic is so dangerous. Yes. I feel like, and I don't do manipulative magic. I I am considering something right now, honestly, but it's just to get laid. Um, (laughs) Eventually get laid, Uh, get laid again someday. Um, But this is why you should never do manipulative magic because it is very difficult to put down and to disconnect from. Like it'll fuck up so much of your shit in different ways. And they were probably doing it for lots of people and not protecting themselves. Yeah, who knows? And so then, and then not to mention all this other crazy stuff that happens. You have to watch the documentary. It's, it's yeah, on, I, I think it's on Amazon Prime. And so then cut to Stanley eventually, I think on the third day of actual shooting is mm-hmm. when he's fired from the, from the project, even though it was like Ooh. his baby project, right? And of course people wanted to be involved. I mean, cause it's an HG Wells thing, right? And Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, the, I think the, at the time, the third remake of it or the third adaptation. <laughs> yeah. And so then uh, this old school director, John Frankenheimer comes in, has a week to prepare 
has a one week to prepare to shoot this movie with the massive egos of Val Kilmer, Marlon Brando, and then you know it's just her is not a to bulk. mention. I would I want to read her story about. All she's this. great, and she's all I over this documentary. Her. She's in the documentary. She's all over. It. Oh, anyway, cut to Stanley is given a plane ticket home. He is not allowed to be not allowed to come within four hundred yards of the set, or he. Uh, they made a deal with him that the, he would. They'd pay him his full pay if he didn't come within 400 yards of the set because they were worried about him, apparently, like sabotaging production. So, wow. Um, a lot they, of egos here. So they, they, one of the PAs, his job is to make sure Stanley gets on his plane back to England or wherever because they're shooting down in, like, uh, I think Australia. And so uh, the PA drops him off at the airport. That's my job. He doesn't make sure he gets on the plane, though, right? So Stanley, Stanley never boards the plane. What a perfect storm of crazy. So Stanley ends up just hanging out in like, I don't want to say the outback, but just somewhere like camping out on somebody's property, right? While the, the shoot goes on. He just doesn't go home. And he's just kind of like living out in nature, right? And one of the PAs or one of the people working on the, the production at one point goes to this one place to go get things or, and goes there like regularly and overhears somebody talking about, oh, there's this crazy guy out who's living on so-and-so's property who just keeps talking about how uh, the film fucked him. And he goes, I bet I know who that is. <laughs> So him and another guy, they, and, and to be clear, everybody who was working on the film outside of like the execs or whatever, and like Brando mm -hmm. and Kilmer or whatever, and even Brando liked Stanley. They all loved Richard Stanley because he was so excited. And Feruza Balk talks about how like, how excited she was to be a part of it with him involved. And, you know, so anyway, because he want you know, he was going to make a movie that was true to the book, right? And how mm -hmm. crazy and fucked up it was. So, and it changed into something totally different. So then they go, wow. they go and find Stanley and they tell him about all the crazy shit that's going on now that Frankenheimer's directing and blah, blah, blah. So Stanley's like, you gotta, they're like, you gotta come see. And he's like, it's part of my contract. I can't do that. And they're like, Holy well, shit. what if you are one of the extras who looks like an animal and has masks on? Richard Stanley, the original director of this movie is no in multiple way. scenes as a dog man wearing a mask in this fucking movie the world is such a wonderful place and this we have to preserve this world this world is such a cookie yeah. wonderful place and they like but he was like so good at being uh a dog man like multiple times they were like trying to feature him and stuff and like they'd Some be in the tent seinfeld shit you know and it'd be so <laughs> hot down there and all the extras would take off their masks and like uh -huh. this one guy was like and there was all this one extra would never take off his mask <laughs> to get water it was so weird um because it was richard fucking stanley and wow. it's just bonkers update though now the um i just read this i guess it broke in february but uh, that documentary came out in 2014 and the movie came out in 1996 so richard stanley apparently has been attached with some of the very original producers who loved richard stanley and thought he was perfect for the project to to adapt and he's already written the pilot for a dr moreau series 
Wow. So the original vision of, of Richard Stanley, which is bonkers, by the way, you'll have to watch the documentary to understand like how far he wanted to take this. It's, it's really great. Um, and, and Dr. Moreau should be more like, uh, to the book, more like a Timothy Leary kind of cult leader type, more than like Brando mm -hmm. made him. Um, but yeah, so there's a series apparently in the works with Stanley as director. And not to I mention, the and there's so many crazy connections because, um, or it wasn't H, or was it H, it wasn't H.G. Wells. Why am I, what did I say H.G. Wells earlier? Anyway, like, who, who wrote, um, who wrote? Moreau. Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, Why can't I not remember this all of a sudden? Anyway, whoever they were, they were friends with Joseph Conrad and they like shared the ideas before they wrote Moreau with Conrad and then uh, accused Conrad of stealing the idea for Heart of Darkness. <gasps> and then uh, Conrad said, no, no, it no, no, no. Wells, oh, it is H.G. Wells, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so H.G. Wells uh, and Joseph Conrad were buddies. And then, and so H.G. Wells told Conrad about this great story idea he had and was like, you know, talking to him about it. Next thing you know, H uh, Conrad releases Heart of Darkness, which has a very Moreau-ish type Ooh. character, right? And Colonel mm -hmm. Kurtz hanging out in the woods right and and then yep. conrad's like no 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 this character is based on this colonel blah 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 stanley was his name and and then it's like well that that name sounds familiar anyway so but brando but isn't heart of darkness a book wasn't it it's based a short on a book? book yeah but yeah so is, is Kurt, so is moreau i read so like a novella darkness, but huh well but, anyway, oh, anyway he's called he's, called he's called he's called kurtz in the book kurtz. he's called kurtz in the book mm -hmm. Anyway, Brando plays Kurtz before the island of uh, Dr. Moreau ever comes out, right? He plays Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. Mm -hmm. And so there's this distinction, or the, not distinction, there's a connection between Moreau and Apocalypse Now because Brando plays the character in Apocalypse Now that was stolen from H.G. Wells as the original Moreau character. He plays both of them. Holy shit! Character. Now, listen to this. It's it like a even portal better. eating a portal. Go exactly. On. And then a portal's, another portal is going to come in and eat that portal and then shit a portal Fuck. that eats the other <laughs> portal. Now, and then we're all going to go see because the theater. The character that Joseph Conrad said Kurtz was based on was the grandfather or the great-grandfather of Richard Stanley. What the Isn't this fucking fuck? bonkers? Isn't we all need to watch this. Isn't it crazy? I would have watched it by now, but we're recording much earlier because Ryan's going to hit the road. I would have watched it by now if I wasn't getting drunk every night and just writing weird messages to people i don't know that well i'm just kidding i'm not doing oh that. you're, I trying, you're putting yourself out there you're putting yourself out there no well, no not as not as, well we're going to talk about some other stuff when we come back this is coming I, out on a full moon by the way i think ooh, okay and i have some shit to talk about marlon brando that everyone needs to know oh okay so when we come back more shit talking and magic on we the Godfather. That. We're going to shit talk the Godfather. Oh, I'm going to fuck him up, Ryan. He's got, <laughs> seriously, you all will, will hate him after this. And he is hateable. Okay, we're back. Now, okay, so last tango in Paris. Have you ever seen it? No. No one should watch it. It's boring. It's awful. And it has a real rape in the movie. And no one knew it was a, a rape until... Two years ago, when Maria Schneider, I think that's the actress's name, 
French actress, came out and said, Marlon Brando raped me in that scene. I didn't know that was happening. He takes basically a stick of butter, shoves it up her ass, and fucks her ass on camera. Rapes her. How is this okay? Thank you. And the director, uh, Bertolucci, is that his name? Bertolucci, I think, told him to do it. Said, don't tell her. It'll be better if she doesn't know. Uh, Because consent wasn't real back then. You fucking believe this? And I watched it a long time ago when I was young because I heard about it. And of course, it's like, Brando's a genius. And, um, And I heard that there was like a really crazy sex scene. Well, it's not a sex scene. It's an actual rape. And she was humiliated and I think it ruined her career and she basically never worked again because she had horrific trust issues. That can happen in front of a crew of people. And, you know, she didn't like react. She just went with it because as many women do, you know, or as many victims do, as many men and women do. So mostly women though. Um, Yeah, horrifying, right? Fuck Brando. I hope he gets- so awful. Me and his dick. That wouldn't actually be a tracheotomy, but yeah, isn't that horrible? I so, hate yeah. Him. I mean, and oh, I mean, that's even that's. And he's like older. He's like a gross old man in it. Um, Capote interviewed him a long time ago, and Capote always did like these little tricks with people, where he would reveal something very vulnerable about himself, and he would act like it was a secret that no one knew. And meanwhile, this little chatty Libra with a Scorpio moon, I mean, yeah, he kept secrets, but like he also knew where to plant them. And he got Brando talking. Oh, shit. My, my AirPods just went out. Does my sound? I still hear you. Yeah, you still sound fine. No, I'm not echoing. No. I'm Sorry. Okay. So um, Capote gets Brando talking. Brando thinks he's off record. And he's like, yeah, I sucked some dicks. Yeah, I fucked some dudes. Like, like I don't Richard know exactly. Pryor. That he was Richard Pryor, one of the names he mentioned. Is that how that all came out? <laughs> Probably. I don't remember. But Capote put it in the article that Brando was basically by, and Brando fucking lost it and hated Capote. But Capote knew how to get juicy. It's like stuff. a badge of honor if Marlon Brando hates you or hates It is. You. Yeah. Agreed. It sounds like it sounds like if you if Marlon Brando hated you, you were doing something right. Yeah, no shit. God, I love Capote. He was really close with Jackie O for a minute, but then he bragged to everybody that she would get undressed in front of him and like try and close in front of him. And she cut him out of her life for that. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Good chill pill, Jackie. All right. He's not telling. Well, it's also like, you don't have to like tell everybody everything. Do you true? No. Yeah, that's true. He was awful. He was seriously awful at gossip. Well, gossip is, um, I mean, anthropologists have even, or scientists have, have traced the, the, um, you know, the, the phenomena of gossip or the need for gossip mm-hmm. back to, you know, primates. And like, it, it's, it, there is a sense of community building. Um, I believe, I mean, I'm speaking very vaguely about something I heard about a long time ago. So I don't remember if I have all the details correct, but gossiping Ooh. and community and talking with each other, it's like fostering a pod, right? It's, it's creating connections with each other. It's like, it makes it's, sense. it's like verbal it's picking the fleas out and stuff like that. Yeah. So there is something, cause I used to like really shit on gossip a bunch because, but trust me, I get it. I get juiced uh, up too. Like when we were oh talking man. about Val Kilmer and I'm telling that story about Island of Moreau, like this is all essentially, this it's is gossip. gossip. But it's also, yeah, it's essentially gossip, but it's also 
fascinating stories. You know, maybe Crazy. some of them are a little bit It's awkward. so, I love stories like that. That's why mm-hmm. I like Adventures in the Screen Trade written by William Goldman, who was a screenwriter in like the 70s and 80s. Um, it's a great book about just crazy stories about, you know, working in the movie business. And, sure. you know, and, you know, what's his name? Fucking that idiot. Uh, <laughs> so uh, many. Which the, uh, what's his name? He's like, a, he's one of the biggest stars in the history of the last 30, 40 years. What's he been in? Uh, he, uh, he's the short guy, uh, black hair. Tom Cruise? Uh, no, no, he was in the movie with Tom Cruise uh, where he was blind or not blind, but uh, Al Pacino. The, no, no, uh, the other Al Pacino. Oh, why can't I remember oh this God. idiot's name? Rain Man. Yes, it's like I've been Dustin in Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. That's fucking idiot. He's a piece of shit too. You total piece of shit. Cancel, anyway, cancel all. William them. Goldman was calling him a piece of shit back in you know I think his book came out in the late eighties. He was like just 90s. grabbing women's tits and asses and acting like yeah. everybody should lie down and have sex with them. So it's like there's stories about Dustin Hoffman in this book about what a fucking idiot he is. And uh, mm-hmm. anyway, I'm on one right now. Um, oh yeah, get so, it. Ron. Okay, let's talk about something else. Let's okay. transition. So I want to talk about something. I had two really great things happen. The one, um, it, you know, they're just, it's like not like having favorite family members as much as it's having family members who just get you, you know, and that's kind of where I would like to stand on this. But I have a cousin who lives two blocks away and she is the one who gets me best and vice versa. And we just have a very special closeness. And there was a wedge between us because I talked shit. And I didn't really know how to get around the shit that I talked. And I hurt her, even though it wasn't like I was trying. I wasn't trying to hurt her. It was something that like, I just didn't handle it well. <clears throat> but we had it out a little bit the other night. And she she was just like, you know, it hurt me. And it was at a time when I was scared and I was going through a lot and I ate shit. And this is what they say Sag can't do. And I will eat my shit. I will eat it up. No problem. When I fuck up and I, and I told her this, I was like, I have a big, dumb, sloppy mouth. And I am the first one to know. I am the one who suffers from it more than anybody else. It has been this way my whole life, but I am grateful that I learned a long time ago when I fuck up, I have to own it. And this is, oh, this is all I ever expect for pe- from people who hurt me or fuck up with me. Just own it. Just eat the shit. Eat it. Eat your shit. And I will forgive you. And I even said to her, I was like, I was like, I am so sorry. And the other thing I always do, because my first husband told me that I was terrible at accepting apologies. And he said it in a really good way that I heard him. And so whenever somebody apologizes or I apologize, I always make sure I'm like, do you accept my apology? Please accept my apology. Or when they apologize to me, I'm like, I accept your apology. Like it's like a big stamp that I have to put on it, but she accepted. And we had such a good time and we got kind of drunk together and just like talked about lots and lots of deep things. And, you know, she just had a baby and she's a whole different person. And this is the thing. Some people, when they have babies, they just become so much more sensitive and empathetic and wise. And man, she is blasting off with this from being a mom. She's just a totally different version of herself. And it's all outstanding and beautiful. But also while this shit was going down, we were having this amazing reconnection. And now I have to say it was the first time I felt like myself in months. I mean, and I know a lot of people are probably like, oh yeah, what's that like? Because we're in a weird time right now. But it was just like this 
this give and take of energy and it brought me back and it recharged me in this really great way. Um, but while we were doing it, she said, I don't think she was, I, I don't think she, I think she might've thought she told me, I can't remember. She found my second husband posting anonymously to Reddit about me. And she found it back when we got married. And she's like, didn't I tell you this? And I was like, no, he, and he had like, he was famous for a minute as an author and now nobody will touch him because he's a pathological liar. And he wrote a memoir that is basically all fucking lies. And what people, a lot of a huge misconception with pathological liars, pathological means they don't even know they're lying. Like they're just lying so much that they don't even know what's real. So he was a pathological liar. And I knew that when I married him <clears throat> and I didn't also do, and he was a narcissist. I didn't really know about that, but I quit so many things in my life that with this marriage, I was like, you know what? I really should see this relationship through wrong, big mistake. Don't do that with relationships. Relationships are usually meant to be quit. So he's posting to Reddit and um, I found him I, like it, Reddit is weird. I don't really understand it totally. Um, but his posts are all about how he's an alcoholic. Now I have lived with alcoholism. I have like one of my closest friends of all time. I battled it with her in solidarity, would not drink, like all these things. This dude is not an alcoholic. He's just a fucking ex-Mormon who never learned how to drink. Because when you've never, you've like if you start drinking late in life, when we all get to start like around the age of 20, <clears throat> 21 if you were, very well cared for by parents. Um, you're like bad at it. You know, you're just bad at it. Fortunately, we usually don't have enough money or ways to get alcohol at that age that we don't fuck up entirely. And that's not everybody. There are a lot of horrible stories about alcohol and, and young people, but I would see him drink too much and throw up right away and be dramatic. And it was like, he had just discovered alcohol and he just didn't know how to drink yet. He was a new drinker. So he adopted this victim. He loves to be a fucking victim. He, and he's got like one of the worst cases of Tourette's and like, that's a big thing for him is getting to be the victim of this as well. So he, um, claimed to be an alcoholic. And I would always tell him like, you know, I, I understand, I understand um, you feel that way, but I really don't think you are. I think you're just a new drinker. So he started posting to Reddit, uh, to these drinking groups. He would, I went through, we went through and read them and I'm like, this is a lie. These are lies. And it was like, I went to a party with a bunch of friends. He didn't have any friends for starters. Also red flag for me. What the fuck am I doing with guys who have no friends? That's weird. That's not for me. Um, but I thought, well, he lives in Utah. Does anybody have friends in Utah? I mean, I don't know. That seemed normal. Um, so we, we had two friends over one night and they would like, they were like little craft cocktail elves would always make stuff. They hate me now because of lies he told them, um, which I was like, oh, well, whatever. You know, I'm like, I can't be friends with people who jump on his bandwagon when he's a fucking admitted pathological liar. So, um, they brought like a rum punch over this really extravagant rum punch. They made weird stuff from all over the globe because they're very fancy. And <clears throat> it was just the four of us. And he writes about this rum punch and this fucking lie on Reddit, this weird story and how he kept 
getting cups and dumping them out and pretending to be drinking and all this stuff, all a fucking lie. And he's like, and then when I got home, blah, blah. And I'm like, motherfucker, you were in your house. Like why, why even lie about things that don't matter? And that was how he was about everything. But this is where I felt like, I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like a star in a way, like, like, I don't know, when people lie about you on this scale, it's almost flattering. Maybe that's my Leo moon just trying to steer it in a positive direction because it's fucking bonkers. When we divorce, and I've never said this on here, never said this, he grabbed me by the back of the neck on Thanksgiving and tried to put my head in a toilet because I was drunk and he was sober and he resented me for being able to get drunk. He did this to me here in my mom's house. My brother wanted to murder him. It was horrible. We were here with his little boy too, but he had never, he'd never done anything quite like that. He did one time say, and this is very fucked up, but he said, this is so fucked up. He said, sometimes when we're having sex and you make a noise, like I'm hurting you, it turns me on. And I was like, what, what? Like, I mean, that's primal. And maybe that is a normal thing, but to say it, to put it out there, God, I'm about to tell you guys some shit. Anyway, so for his now, birthday- before you oh, do, are you sure you want to? Yes, yes. I was never going to talk about him trying to put my head in the toilet. So he did. He put my head down in the toilet. and Or not, I wasn't in the toilet, but my face was near the toilet. And he was like, um, he, he was like threatening me. And he's like, you see what I can do. I can put your head in the toilet. And I was like, oh my God. So he, he and I go to bed. And the next day- I have blacked it out. I erased the memory. And that day, um, I said something surly, like flirty, but like blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you better watch your mouth or I'll put your head in the toilet again. But he was serious. Now, I don't put up with shit like that. And so that night when we were alone, I brought it up. And he, I said, hey, we need to talk about what you did last night. Also, I knew it was a big red flag that I would block it the next day and he would have to remind me that it happened because I wasn't like blackout drunk, right? Right? What a piece of shit. This dude is six foot seven and he was a performing strong man. And you know what? Come at me, motherfucker. Try to sue me because everything I'm saying is true. We can call in a fucking marriage counselor we saw afterwards. I have proof. I have people who will testify. Anyway, he'll never try to sue me because he's too fucking lazy. Um, anyway, um, I sit down with him that night and I say, we need to talk about what happened. And, and I, and I said, I didn't even say like, you got physical, you crossed the line. I just started, I just sat down. I was like, Hey, we need to have a big talk about what happened. His little boy had just gone to sleep. He looks at me, he was reading his Kindle. He looks at me and he seethes. You have no idea how much I fucking hate being with you. How hard it is to be with you. No fucking idea. And I was like, what? And he goes, you don't fuck me enough, blah, blah, blah. Okay, for starters, that motherfucker started to come in 30 seconds, okay? He started to come as soon as we'd have sex. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Then he says to me, uh-oh, this is how it's always been my whole life. I thought it was different with you. The moment I moved to Utah, we had one year of normal sex. The moment I get to Utah, move in with him, boom, his dick stops working. Now, I never made a thing about it. That is like Mormon trauma. He made up a story about child abuse that I could smell through like very clearly, but I just entertained it because I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And it doesn't matter. He's saying this. He needs to own it. Whatever, whatever. I'm going to go with it. Horrific experience being with this person. Just like 
ate my energy, robbed me daily, told me how silly everything was that I believed in, how silly psychics were. Like, why would anybody like me even be with this? But he also did fake it for a minute at first. So um, he starts seething at me like that. And I went on the defense and I was like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And then I stopped and I was like, fuck you. You just tried to put my head in a toilet. I'm divorcing you. Fuck you. And then it flipped and he's like begging me not to. And I was like, no, I'm done. This is stupid. Why would I try to work it out with you? It's already sucked for years. And now you finally got physical with me. I'm out. This is it. You gave me the out. I'm taking it. So he begged and groveled. We had to go to fucking Disney World with his kid where I booked a hotel that I paid for. I bought our tickets. I was the fucking successful one. This quote famous author, he was a quote famous author for a minute, could not <laughs> rise to the occasion thereafter. He wrote a memoir about being a patholo pathological liar. His editor said, um, this is loathsome. She saw through it. She's a Leo. She's a badass. Leo vegan. She saw through it and she was like, fuck you. She was actually like disgusted that he would try to lie to her in literary form about being abused as a child, which even his mom was like, you, this didn't happen to you. So it was a huge shit show. I was drained. I was humiliated. I was, um, I was physically assaulted. Then at the end of our marriage, when I'm finally leaving and I have my trailer, he gets physical with me. Um, we, and I got physical back, back too. Like it was for sure, like takes two to tango at that point. And my God, but I was to be livid. clear. You did not start the physical. No, 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 no. There's a and difference between getting physical and defending yourself. Yes. He says to me, um, I lock him out of the room and he's begging, he's begging me at this point. And then he goes, I'm going to call the cops and I'm going to tell them I want you out of my house. Cause at this point he has told me that our, our divorce is legal and we're just living in separate ends of the house and I'm getting ready to leave in like a week. He tell, he threatens to call the cops on me and have me removed from the house. And I was like, my arms are all twisted up. Like he had like wrenched my arms. I called number one and I was like, fuck you. And I told them, no, he hurt me. They took pictures of what he did to me. He went and got the neighbor woman. All these people stopped talking to me because they all love to believe him because he's quote, the famous author, poor him with Tourette's. Anyway, he had the landlord and I have, I know, I, I feel it now. So Lilith wants to work with me. And we're about to dump a lot of my shit that I've been carrying. And you guys, I've never worked with Lilith. I'm super excited, but also kind of terrified because like I'm already, I can tap into rage and fire pretty easily. And I feel like that's Lilith. So I feel like we're just going to burn it all up and leave it. But there are some motherfuckers who are about to be burnt up with it. And I know that that's one of the reasons it's her, not Hakate. It's like going to be like a path of destruction. Um, just to finish, just to be done, to clear all my shit by the time 2020 is over. So... <clears throat> He has the landlord start coming around, harassing me, threatening my animals, taking pictures of me when I'm outside working my trailer. Um, then they start serving me with, they're trying to serve me with eviction papers. They would have to evict him. I'm just on the lease as like one of the people. I got a lawyer. Um, I had to pay a lawyer to deal with this. It was unbelievable. I was, I would, every day I would wake up, I would say, you can piss me off, but you can't scare me. So he writes on the Reddit board, Finally got back in the house. This whole thing is like not going to have a drink one more day, which the whole time I could go back and see where he's writing all this. He fucking is drinking the whole time. Like when we were together, even when we got a divorce, 
he was drinking and he's got like this weird martyr thing. He's got to always tap into and carry and pretend to be. So he writes, oh my God, it's so fucked up. He says, um, I threw rotten food all over the house. Didn't. I was so, I was so stressed. I was sleeping three hours a night. I would get up and work on my trailer while it was still dark out just because I couldn't sleep and the sun wouldn't be on it. And it was, I, the air conditioner couldn't work because it was parked around my house and you can't like run an extension cord for an, an RV air conditioner. It has to be plugged into like a major outlet. So I would cook in there like a literal oven. So I'd get up, work on the interior when the sun had not come up yet, work on the exterior right in the fucking sun. So I was very stressed. I was so exhausted. When I finally left and got to Oregon, I slept for like five days. And I kept going to the office. I was only supposed to stay there for two nights. I kept going to the office and asking if I could stay another day. And the woman at the desk was like, honey, is everything okay? Do you need help? Because she thought I was on the run from, she thought I was like sleeping with the enemy with Julie Roberts. I was like, oh, I'm great. I just need to rest. It was, as soon as I got out and I felt my energy come back and everything, he was a fucking nightmare. He ate me. He was literally eating me. This is also, I know that he was a lesson so that I can help other people with this. I know that that's part of my big calling. But on his Reddit, he said I threw rotten food everywhere. Cat puke was everywhere. Now, no, it wasn't. Like maybe a cat threw up, but I'll tell you something gross about cats. My cats, usually one will puke and one will eat it. It's not pretty. Anybody with cats, plural. It's a self-sustaining. It's a, it's a cycle. <laughs> it is. Right? It is. The self-cleaning, yeah. not self-sustaining. Boots self-cleaning is not cycle. wasteful. Boots is not wasteful. I got one <laughs> puker right at my feet right now. Um, so he says that there's cat puke everywhere. And um, he said that I wrote hateful notes and said like cruel things about him and hid them in all the drawers and cupboards. Who has fucking time for that when people are coming to the door with neck tattoos and weapons threatening them to get out of the house? I had to run into my house when I would see these guys coming. He had henchmen coming to my fucking house. And I'm not going to write like sticky notes like, just remember you're a piece of shit and your dick is broken. Uh, No. Did I want to? Yeah. Do I wish I had at this point? Yeah. I think that's actually a great way to break up with somebody who fucking hurts you. I put up with so much, so much handholding, so much, it's okay, it's okay. Your, your penal problems are just because you were raised in the church and you were told your dick is evil. Like I was so good to him, so good to him. He wanted me to peg him for his birthday. Now, I'm not especially into that, but I bought the shit and I was gonna do it. I'm not was, especially into I'm not, that, I mean, okay, said. butt play is awesome. <laughs> if you're afraid of butt play, you're missing out. Butt play for everyone, men, women, whatever you got, you love, you should get into your butt. Um, but, but, B-U-T, I did not wanna peg this dude. And like, this is what we were gonna do. His birthday is right after Thanksgiving and I was dreading it. And I'm like, you're gonna have to do an enema. You're gonna have to do this right. Cause he's dirty. He has like a fucking, um, problem he's got like a, a bacterial infection in his penis already just because he won't go to a doctor right i know that's so his penis leaked the whole time i was with him his penis leaked everywhere also men if your penis is leaking you might have this too and it is very very bad for you it can ruin a lot of things um masturbating frequently helps so anyway it, it was a medical condition i could not get him to see a doctor about it he would pee all around the toilet because of it because his dick was broken in so many different ways and i did nothing but nurture and love him through that i never ever ever gave him shit about it and that was my pay that that was like the the payment i received was like physical assault so he says i read all these notes leave him around the house blah 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 um 
when I got, he is the last, and I'll tell, talk more about this in secrets, but he is the last man I manipulated with magic because he was never going to stop coming at me. And now after I did that, and I'll tell you guys how to do it. After I did that, never heard from him again, but he posted to Reddit and he told our friends that, and most people didn't believe him, but a handful of fucking dumbasses who, these are just people who wanted to fuck him. Honestly, there were three people who wanted to fuck him and believe well, four, believe him over me. And not a single one is a real loss of a friendship, but still anyway, I've never talked about it and I'm not ashamed or embarrassed. If anything, I never talked about it because I almost felt bad for him still and didn't want to like put all that out there. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, but you never said his name anyway, so it doesn't matter. The, uh-huh. um, it is interesting though, that like you reconnect with your cousin in, yes! in like a deeper way mm-hmm. and this information comes to light that you had no right? idea about. <laughs> no idea. Oh my God. He was talking about like, um, I went with some friends to get sushi and the one asked if I minded if she had sake. He writes about this thing. He didn't, he didn't have any friends. He and I went to get sushi and I said, do you mind if I have sake? And like the weird lies that don't matter. And I know he was probably talking to women in there because he cheated on his wife with me, but he told me that wife was leaving him because he wasn't in the church anymore. So just if somebody's lying, also, please, you guys don't lie to yourself. Cause I did. And when somebody's already lying to you and you're already getting a vibe, don't, don't, don't ride that lie into your own heart. You know, we're all so smart, intuitive. And it was at a time when my heart chakra was broken. So this is also a good lesson. Keep your chakras blinging because your chakras will protect you. Keep your chakras blinging. (laughs) And also, I think we all can relate to the idea that, you know, lies are to some degree, or at least have been just a part of life, right? Mm -hmm. When like we will tell little white lies when like, like, let's say someone asks us, if we want to go do something and maybe we're just emotionally exhausted, but we don't want to tell them that. So we said, no, I'm busy. I have to, I got some stuff I got to do for work instead of saying, no, I'm emotionally exhausted. I don't feel like I can do anything today. And you should feel like that to a real friend. Yeah. Right. You you feel like maybe you don't want to unload that on them maybe, or whatever reason, whatever reason it is that that goes into Mm -hmm. telling the little white lie. Right. And so, I mean, I think, I mean, I know for a fact I have and do do that sometimes. So it's, you know, it's not, you know, we can talk about living this, you know, life of truth and mm-hmm. um, always speaking truth. And, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, um, but it definitely is less burdensome Yeah. Uh, when we are, you know, writing that truth. into our heart as opposed to, you know, because I mean, I think it sets a pattern and it just becomes easier and easier and easier the more you do it. And it's something we all can work on. I know I can, but so, I mean, there's like conversations with family or whoever else where I'm just like, I don't want to fucking get into this. Uh, So I'm going to say something else right now or, or, you know, or be like, I can't talk or blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah, blah. So it's just, but there's better ways to you know, the truth is always probably the best. Well, not yes. Probably. And PSA about penises, because man, that is pressure. I, we talked about this before. 
men do have to perform. Women, you're not going to be able to tell if we're having any kind of sexual dysfunction. We just keep our mouth shut when we're, you know what I mean? Like it's, there is a crazy hard, weird pressure on men with penis stuff. And if you are having something like this, cause I've had, I've had, I've, I've had friends, I've had clients, I've had lots of people who go through this. It is almost always shame-based. And if this is a problem that you're having, I mean, it can also be that you drink too much. Go easy on yourself. Getting rid of shame of any kind. When you're doing things so daily to keep shame alive, like lying, like hurting people, like, I mean, he withheld affection and he would admit to that. He would, he would admit he was withholding affection. It's like, I can't even have sex with you and you won't even spoon me. Like there was, I was so, I was getting so little that I had to adopt four cats. <laughs> it all come back full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't regret any of them, honestly, but I do kind of regret that marriage. I know that I got a lesson and that's why I shouldn't regret it. Cause I did get a huge lesson that now I can help other people with. But at the same time, what a fucking waste of time. And I hate you. Tom. Worst case scenario, you got the lesson and you got the cats out of that, mm-hmm. that whole experience. And yeah, I got and all so, these sweet, sweet cats. Yeah, you I'm got all the sweet, sweet cats. Cat. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you, you cat nipped it in the bud. Um, <laughs> Okay. Well, cool. Well, I think that's. I got a review. Um, okay. Um, that's weird. I wonder what's going on here. These reviews no. are great, by the way. They 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 really They're are. So great. Oh, you guys are so so. Like, I just even it's funny too because sometimes somebody will um recommend me to a friend to read them, and I can feel when I call whenever I you know call somebody who has an appointment. I can feel right away if they're a listener because there's already a cord. Like it, there's such a connection to our listeners. It's really special. Um, okay, this one I really, really like. The, the title is Love Your Dark Side with a Little Black Heart uh, by GM7777. This is my new favorite podcast. It's funny and Ryan and Angela have such great energy. I love all the tidbits of witchy and spiritual info and funny stories. I also appreciate a spiritual podcast that doesn't focus on only love and light. Thank you. Cause man, the, the, <laughs> you know, thank you because we are about ready to Lilith this town down. Yeah. Um, oh my God. It's it what it sounds like, but you were telling that story, you know, and talking about like what you're going to be doing with Lilith. And I'm like, my body starts feeling heat and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, like, um, like this, uh, yeah. Oh, I know it's going to be, I feel, but there are people that got to get it. They got to get it. Cause I won't carry it anymore. And then there's and, other people out there going, never going to get it. Never going to get it. Never <laughs> going to get it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. Yeah. Uh, Dark sides are important. Your shadow side is still part of you. You cannot push it into the corner and expect it to not like affect your sexual organs, affect your throat chakra. Like you got to deal with that shit. And it's very paramount right now because mm-hmm. I was uh, taking a walk with a friend of mine and we were having this conversation about um, like limitless love and understanding and empathy and how one of the, the tenets of, of all great spiritual practices is you have to love 
your enemy, love thine enemy, right? And how difficult mm. that really is. And well, I don't, I don't think you have to love your enemy. I think well, you have to. No, I'm not saying that you not. don't think that. I'm saying that it is one of the tenets of all yeah. spiritual practices. But, it is one what? of the. It's the sign of like not Satanism truly being enlightened. What? Um, is oh, what, love thy enemy, enemy, or just no? I think be peaceful about your enemy, where you're not full of hate. I think is good enough, honestly. Well, love, no, sure, okay, that's Brian, what, love that, is that's selfless. the book of Angela. That's the book of Angela. When you sure. love somebody, you're giving up. You're you're making um, um, concessions. You know, you're, there's compromise, and you're giving of yourself. Love thy enemy. Fuck that. I am super. Well, I don't think you know. Being vulnerable is true strength, mm -hmm. and love is vulnerability. Oh and yeah, stronger than than. You know, I don't think there's compromise in that way, the way you're saying it. But the point is this, the, what we're talking about is like with the awakening of spirituality in the last couple of years and all these people kind of coming back to it and trying to, you know, um, really re-embrace it. And it's like, okay, well, and so the, it's almost as if the universe is like, okay, uh, all these people really want to, you know, kind of come into spirituality and like evolve. Mm -hmm. Um, and okay, well then let's see how, let's see if you really mean it. So here's some shit and then boom, the last few years uh, are occurring. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that the last, you know, five years, there's been such a rise and a, a coming to, coming to uh, spirituality in such a mm -hmm. major way. And then also the events of the earth simultaneously have escalated in such a way that it's almost like, okay, well, let's see if you're, let's put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And so, so it is interesting. So when it comes to like the darkness that you're talking about, it's yeah. Like figure out in a much more intense way, you know, the darkness that's inside when, of you and what to you do with started, it. Yes. When you started to say um, there's this thing at the very beginning and you were like, before you said love thy enemy, I thought you were going to say love yourself because when you love yourself truly, and obviously I was not loving myself in this situation and not nearly enough. When you love yourself, when you protect yourself, I just told my cousin this story the other night, one of my favorite things that I have done so many times, I cannot recommend this enough. And I said it on the podcast a long time ago when we all have childhood damage. I used to picture myself, and this is from a book about shame. It's from a book, of, I, I think shame is one of the words in the title. Um, I would picture myself going into my childhood home when I was seven years old, and I would see her, and I would see my parents, I would see my brother, and I'd take her by the hand, and I would say, you're coming with me, and I'm gonna take care of you from now on. And I would remove her from that situation, and then I would have, I would fall asleep to fantasies of taking her shopping for clothes, of taking her to Disney, of giving her a life and giving her vitamins and buying her a training bra, which I lived way too long without a bra. I will say that. I did not have a lot of activity around me as I started to go into puberty. I was very much alone because my parents were busy with other things, uh, which is not, uh, not okay. Uh, I was still a child and I needed help. So all these things, all this neglect and abuse that I could never clear on my own, I started to take and change and make a fantasy. And even now when somebody like does something petty to hurt me, there are two options. 
I can do the, well, they're just penny and they're just this, or I can be the mother to the child who's hurt. And I can say, they're probably jealous. It's definitely about them. Fuck them. Like I can be that. I can go mama bear on myself, which serves me way better than love and light, honestly. And I'm still not going to like hurt anybody. I mean, did I just hex somebody the other day? Yes. Do I regret it? No. Am I over it? Pretty much because I fucking hexed them and now it's over. I mean, I really, I really feel that way. But love and light is not always the answer. And loving the enemy, I mean, I'm impressed when people can do it, but I also have a hard time believing that they're really doing it. You know what I mean? Well, it's about understanding the, that there is no separateness between me and you and me and anyone there isn't. else. But love. And once you, once you like fully embrace that, at least in my opinion, Mm-hmm. Once you fully embrace the connectedness of knowing that there is no separateness between me and anyone else, that is me understanding that I am the same as my enemy. And, and if, you know, and if you, in another place, you can though, dive right? into that in a certain Not way. Here. Now, listen, there's many, there's many roads to Rome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now your road to oh, Rome yeah. doesn't have to be my road. Cause you and I, obviously we we differ on this one. Mm-hmm. And because I truly do believe this and it's always resonated with me deeply that if you can, you know, abstain from feeling those uh, intense emotions of hatred, um, yes. which are but love, love yeah. is an honor. Loving someone, you're honoring them. You don't have to honor your enemies. You just get them out. Get them out. Like, am I going to call up my dad and say, I love you? Am I even going to waste a moment? Well, I'm not saying you have to like say, I love you. No, I, but even to. But it, there's a difference between that and like, and loving everyone and having love for everyone. And well, some of us love really hard and fast and big and it's an exhausting thing. So well, I some of us maybe need to get a governor on our love dial. <laughs> what? A governor? A governor a governor is a device that controls the speed on things. Mm. Like you can remove the governor but from an engine that. of a golf cart. Because mm-hmm. we used to do this as kids. I had a friend who knew how to do it. If you go in and you remove the governor of a golf cart, a golf cart will go like 50 miles an hour. Holy shit. Well, I could use a governor, but also I think I think I just need to be more um, discerning with who I give, with whom I give this love, to whom I give this love. There's some grammar. I didn't eat enough chocolate covered almonds. Well, that, that could obviously. also work. Mm-hmm. That could also mm-hmm. work. But, uh, but all of this is to have said like, yeah, I don't disagree that the darkness doesn't have a place here. Um, so it takes all kinds, as they say. <laughs> Um, it takes I a mean, village. It takes a village to raise a witch. Um, it takes a heart of darkness to raise a witch. Joseph I a heart of darkness. Conrad, you son of a bitch. Stealing H.G. <laughs> Wells. Do idea. no harm. Take no shit. Take no shit. Do no harm. Um, but but it, don't forget yeah. to take a shit or you will self-harm. Because mm. if you get sure. backed up, you don't want that shit to get backed up. Metaphorically no. or literally i'm very rarely i don't even know the last time i was constipated i'm super good at fiber i think i already told the story about uh my ex and i one of my ex-girlfriends and i doing a joint enema maybe we'll tell it in secrets no for sexy purposes or just for health purposes for For butt stuff or for health it was for health purposes and i'd never i'd never done one and anyway so 
Yeah, it's a very medical. It was a very medical. It wasn't. A, it wasn't sexy. It, it's not a sexy thing at all. Mm, um, interesting. But yeah. So anyway. Um, okay. Well, we did it. Yeah, you guys. Secrets is going to be a good one. Butt stuff did get up. in there. We got We're it gonna, in right at the last. We second. got some good stuff coming in secrets too. Um, okay, so yeah. thank also, you. Uh, or what? Also. What? Oh, I was going to say we're reading the Way of the Shaman for book club. What date did I say? The thirteenth or something? It's on By our Michael Patreon. Harner. Is that his name? That's the author, I believe. Mm, I think um, you might be right. It's close to that. Unfortunately, there's no audiobook available if you're an audio. I um, know. Lots person. of people keep telling me that. Um, yeah, we're going to do it on the thirteenth. So join us on Patreon, um, $22 level book club. We do it roughly. I mean, we're doing it pretty regularly. Um, Who knows where I'll be by that time. Also, Ryan's road tripping soon, and then we're going to have another watch party as soon as he's settled and has all of his crystals unpacked. As soon as, yeah, which is going to take a while. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) I can't believe we didn't talk about that. We'll talk about it next time. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, so thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Thanks again to all the uh, patrons, uh, patreon.com yeah. backslash where the magic happens. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so cool. Really appreciate it, especially during these times. It's been very, very helpful. Um, you can follow us on all the socials and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, so, you know, stay safe, stay uh, healthy, all that Art. good stuff out there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than just please don't forget. This shit is real.